Hello and welcome to episode two of Let's Talk with Lee Piet. This week I'm joined by Rory Cowlam, otherwise known as Rory the Vet. He is a TV vet and an esteemed veterinary surgeon. He's had appearances on ITV and CBBC and we sat down to discuss all things animal related. We spoke about the day in the life of a vet in training and Rory's plans to modernise the veterinary profession through social media. Thank you so much to those who listened to episode one. If this is your first time, go back. You've missed a great episode. Uh, But if not, sit back, relax and enjoy this fun chat I had with the delightful Rory. Uh, Before doing that, make sure you subscribe. We've got loads of great guests coming up. Um, But for now, here's Rory the Vet. So I'm joined by Rory the Vet. Rory, welcome. Hello. Hello. Uh, Rory, I wanted to... (laughs) I wanted to say your full name, but you're known as Rory the Vet. I'm going to change it by default. I was going to say, you weren't christened Rory surname... The vet. Some people think I was, I think. Um, even some of my clients. Oh, really? Uh, but no, I do genuinely have a surname of Cowlum, but I think I might just change it. Yeah. I like the vet. Uh, Rory, thanks for coming on. I, I don't know much, if anything, about being a vet. I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> what? Are you telling me you're not a trained vet? Uh, look, it surprised us all. The only pets I really had as a kid were were fish. Okay. That let me have pets. Um, but I want to talk about you growing up. Where were you born? So I'm from the southwest. I was actually born in Ascot, but then I moved immediately, pretty much in the first few years, down to the southwest of the Cotswolds. Okay, fab. And how was that? I think that made, who me, made me who I am today. Really? really? That move, because it, it put me in the middle of three fields, it put me in the middle of farms. I assume there was a house. No, just a field. Just, <laughs> just, just, cardboard box just, in a field. So yeah. you're <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there was a house. There was a house full of dogs. There was a house full of cats. Okay. Chickens, ducks, geese, you name it. We right. Know. So you grew up with... Because I was going to say that. I have fish. And I was, I, I was... Before you were coming today, I was thinking, I wonder if he ever had... Because I suppose there probably maybe some vets that never had pets. Absolutely. I actually trained, one of my very, very good mates who I trained with never had a pet growing up, but just had this want to be a vet and work with animals. Had a great affiliation with them, but no, from, from a very, very young age, I, I was always animal mad and had loads of pets. Okay. And so you always knew, I guess maybe not always knew, but from a, what what age are we talking? There's this, my mother loves to tell this story. She makes it very romanticised. Okay. And, and she says, basically, we got our first puppy when I was a when I was three or four years old. And because I was animal mad, we went to the vet for that standard first checkup and walked into the vet, which at the time was just this run-down old 80s building, uh, converted house, sort of higgledy-piggledy inside. Um, sort of that classic James Herriot, and I don't know if you even know who James Herriot is, but we'll, we can touch on that, but that sort of classic old-school 80s, very archaic veterinary building. Right. And we went in, we took the puppy in, we got vaccinations and, and we did all that sort of thing. I was sort of in awe of this guy and actually I still see him to this day, Mr. Benson, in, in, in his white coat. Um, and apparently we paid up, we left. I looked up at my mum and we got in the car and said, Mum, I want to be like Mr. Benson, I want to be a vet. And that's never changed and that has literally been it for, for my entire life. And so did your mum at that point go, yeah, be a vet? What, what were they... 
I'm very lucky. My, my parents have been the most encouraging parents I could have asked for. They've been amazing. And uh, yeah, since that day, my mum said, yeah, that's a great profession. You can do it. You love your sciences. You love your maths. Just push yourself at school and you'll get there. And obviously there's been hiccups, but generally it's all sort of fallen into place. been very lucky. What was your puppy's name? Lulu. Lulu. <laughs> yeah. Okay. As much of a diva as you can imagine. Because I was going to say, what as a vet do you think about real people names for, for puppies and, and cats and stuff? I love it. I think it's hilarious. I love it. Because I was going to say, you know when you took your puppy in, did they still do that thing? I've never been to a vet in my life, okay? I'm going to come. I don't know why. No, I'll, just I'll, just I'll find a pet. Come and shadow me for a day. Yeah. Oh my I love to do, do that. Um, but they do, don't they say, so I'm Lee Peart, if I had a dog, mm-hmm. if I had a dog, I would call it Colonel Mustard. Of course. I, I love Cluedo. <laughs> so I would say, so, oh, actually, that probably didn't work. If I decided to call it uh, Colonel you... James Mustard, okay, okay yeah. Peart, because it would be hyphenated, of course. they would say, James Peart. Yes, I suppose that would be the case. Actually, I would personally come out and say Colonel James Mustard. Okay, so did they do that back then? It was Lulu Cowan. Oh, really? It so Lulu that's Cowan. been going on for yeah. quite some time. Yeah, I'm, I've I just got, thought I've, it was kind of modern. No, it can be quite funny. It can be. Quite, I love. I love an animal name that, that is a human name as well. I've got some of my favourite cat patients are called Dave. Just there's no better name for a cat in my opinion. I agree. It's hilarious, it's so isn't good. it? And imagine Dave gets here. <laughs> It's just funny, isn't it's it? It's so good. It's so good. Um, do you personally walk out? I mean, I sound obsessed with the fact that... <laughs> that but do you personally walk out or is it an assistant? No. So, so you yeah, walk out Dave and go, Dave Smith? Absolutely, it's me. Yeah, and, and sometimes they're very inappropriate names. Oh, really? Yeah. Like what? Um, <laughs> so one person actually wants... How PG are we today? Oh, we're, we're fine. Yeah. Say whatever. So, someone once called their cat... Come flaps. No. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> just going to say, we're PG, and I was thinking, maybe not the C word. Yeah, yeah we're well, flaps. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry to anyone who's listening <laughs> who is offended by that word. It's um, just a word. It's, it's fine. And it's, it's actually just a cat. It's, isn't it? It, well, it is. It's a real oh, cat. Oh, is it because pussy? There we go. I see. They it took thought a while been, to get there. They thought they'd been really clever. Um, turns out they were just being rude and I obviously had, then had to walk out into a waiting room full of people and try and say it in the least legible way possible so mm. that people didn't realise I was saying the C-bomb. It's quite bad. Oh, really? And did people realise? Of course they did. And did the owner look mortified or smug? Smug as you like. I bet, yeah. yeah. she was so happy with this one. I mean, you're not going to be mortified when you, <laughs> you call your cat that. It yeah. was a she. No, of course it was. I, I mean, it shouldn't be sexist, but I assumed <laughs> it would be just some man who's like, oh, hey, oh, Dave. No, no, she was very happy with herself. Oh, very right, happy. okay. So you grew up in the Cotswolds. I did. Uh, you knew from a very early age you wanted to be a vet. How long does it take to become a vet? So, I mean, it's something you're thinking about right from the word go, really, to once you're at university, it's a five-year course. Um, five years? Yeah. Five years studying. And if you're lucky, you get in as, a, as an undergrad. Quite a lot of people have to go and get a degree first and then and then get in as a postgrad. So they're, they're at uni for anywhere up to sort of seven or eight years at a time. 
Oh, right. So would you have to do a certain degree or is it just a post, like you do anything? Yeah, so, you, well, it'd have to be science-based. So, right. yeah, for those looking to get into it, it's generally sort of biomedical sciences or some sort of medical science then leading into a veterinary medicine degree. And, and how come you could sometimes just be lucky enough to get in? It, it's all part of the interview process. It's right, just looking okay. for it's, And it's honestly, it's getting harder and harder every year because there's more and more applicants. I think when I applied, there was something like eight people interviewed for each place and that's eight people interviewed so i think there was 25 applicants for each place mm. eight people interviewed for each place at each university so that's, it's, it's a lot wow uh and you went to the royal veterinary Good. I, can't, I can't say it very well you, veterinary you've got it you've got it have i yeah college royal, was it royal veterinary college yes which Good i'm honest. guessing thank you thank you i've uh, done a bit of research slash stalking <laughs> um i i'm guessing because it's royal that's the top dog. Oh, get what? So there. <laughs> oh, you're, that is, how many puns can we make today? I that, know, I know. Whew, okay, there's one. We've opened the floodgates now. Um, we are best in the, well, we are currently voted the best in the world. Oh, when you hear that, you must have been having kittens. Oh! Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, Okay, everyone. I'm leaving that. Yeah, uh, no, so yeah. it's the best in the world? It is, as of, I think, a few months ago. So your mum, especially... Looking back to her romantic version of getting in that car after you took Lulu to the vets, whether or not that was the full story, but we'll go with it. I like it. I like it. I think it's lovely. She must have just been over the moon. She, my mother is the proudest mum out there, I think. She's just, she, yeah. I hear from her friends that she just doesn't stop talking about me and my sister, my beloved little sister, uh, who's a lawyer. And oh, so really? she, yeah, she just sort of gushes over to me. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure it's horrible for everyone else, but it's quite lovely for her, which is So where is the, the college based? It's actually London based. So yeah. I moved to London for university. I've been, I've been in London for about 10 years now. Really? 10 years, God. Um, but are you a full Londoner? Because oh, I've been for one and a half now, and I'm starting to get tetchy if people take more than two seconds to get through a tube barrier. And I think I'm not even in a rush. Exactly. <laughs> and if people stand on the left on the escalator, uh, just, unforgivable. Oh God, people. Anyway, yes, I am full Londoner. Full Londoner. Okay. Um, but I'm a South Londoner. I've started out North Londoner, and now I'm back. Now I've moved to the South. Um, Talk me through. You go. You go in for your first day at the RVC. There we go. That's so just saying veterinary. I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing that's what you call it. <laughs> Thanks for outing me there. <laughs> no worries. Um, what, what does a standard, if you could combine, I, I guess a day isn't the same each day with what you're doing, but what is a standard day? I can't imagine it. Look, I did performing arts. I know, again, hard to believe. <laughs> And it is what you imagine it's like. You go in, you do a voice lesson, you do a bit of kicking around, whatever. You read a script, you go, oh, I need a coffee. Nice. Uh, you know, what is a standard day at the RVC? Uh, surprisingly quite dissimilar. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of the, the building itself is very, it, it was like, I think it's found in the 1800s. So it, it's very Hogwarts-esque. Is it? Uh, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful buildings um, in London. And then they've got a massive referral hospital out in Potter's Bar. We spend a lot of your time. So essentially, over the five years, you're torn between lectures, dissections, um, sort of small group teaching with hands-on, sort of on sort of greyhounds that are owned by the college or cows and horses that are owned by the college. You work on farms. You go and do placement at 
sort of existing vets around the country. And then you do a lot of placement at what's called the QMH, which is the Queen Mother Hospital, which right. is this big referral hospital, biggest referral hospital in Europe. Um, and in that hospital, you've got some of the leading specialists in the entire world, unbelievable people. Um, and you essentially learn from them. You see amazing surgeries. You see amazing... Oh, just, it's, it's an amazing place. Really, really cool. And when do you start doing kind of... I guess you begin with... I want to say dummies. It's weird. Is it a little... I, I'm kind of basing what I know on medicine as well. Yeah. But I imagine it's the same process. When do you start... When, when does your first animal come in and you... Oh, oh, I was going to say have a go. <laughs> it's not operation. No, you know what? It's not that far off. So I mean, so I think a lot of medical schools, and I might be wrong here, but I think a lot of medical schools are now moving away from cadaver use. Yeah, I think there's only one in London now that uses cadavers. Mm-hmm. Um, we still use cadavers. So as as veterinary, we use a lot of sort of um, beagles from testing centres. We use greyhounds. We use a donated dogs for those dissections to get used to the anatomy. Oh. Um, you use yeah dead horses that are owned by the college that have unfortunately been had to be put to sleep. And we, the thing is, it's a, mu- a lot easier to get your hands on those sorts of things for us to sort of practice on, really. Yeah, and that is quite... You never think about that. When you, you, you hear of horses being put down, and it, it is terrible, but you think... It actually made me think, oh, at least they are then almost being used still to do good. Absolutely. Even, I mean, literally two weeks ago, one of my clients, unfortunately, I had to put one of my clients' dogs to sleep. And they offered me him as a as a post mortem just to, to oh, for, for practice, nice. which is I mean for me obviously I didn't I didn't use him. However, it's lovely to think about donating them to science because it is all it, if we can use them for that, that gives them an extra purpose as well. I think it's really nice. Absolutely. So five years you did that, okay, and you became a vet, which was dream from yeah. What so, What's the qualification? Do you have like I've got, well, I now have 26, 25, 26 letters after my name or something like that. The whole alphabet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just A, B, C, D. It's easy to remember. You, you qualify with what's called BVETMED MRCBS, right. which is essentially a bachelor's degree in veterinary medicine, and you're a member of the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons. And so you're, you're leaving. When do you start looking for jobs? Before you qualify. Yeah, so I qualified with a job lined up, conditional on me passing. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Went straight into a 24-hour hospital. And I think that, for me, I think for a newly graduated student, going straight in at the deep end was the only way to do it. Um, I, I'm one of these people that firmly believes in sink or swim. And you, and you just go for it, do it, and you'll, and you'll either do great or you won't. You might as well give it a go. And so I went into this 24-hour job. I was doing 12-hour night shifts, 12-hour day shifts. I was working 60-plus hours a week. Uh, it was emotionally draining, but I did it for 15 months, and I loved it so much. And then I joined my current job and, yeah, took a step back from doing night work, which was uh, a little bit intense. I wanted to just go back a little bit where you said a conditional on you passing. What is the exam? Is there theory work that you have to do as well? So, so it's, it, you've got three written exams, right? an essay base, multiple choice, and the problem solving, and you have practical exam. Yeah. So you're a large part of it is the practical exam, making sure essentially you are fit to go out and treat animals. Um, but I think, and, I, and for me, 
my finals were where it all came together. First to fourth year, you're doing exams all the way through university, but first to fourth year, those exams are preparing you for your finals. And actually, finals was when it all sort of clicked. Right. And all the theory met the practical, and mm-hmm. it just sort of meld, like molded together, and it all sort of came together, and then sort of set me up as a bet. Was there ever a moment during where you thought, I can't do this? Oh, did most you of did you ever doubt that it was what you... I really All the time. All the, I had a really rough time through university. I actually ended up failing again. Oh, really? um, and I had to reset a whole year over a summer. And I was supposed to be doing loads of fun stuff. That's when I had a festival book. I had loads of stuff booked with my mates. And I had to cancel it all and just do three solid, solid months of work to revise for these exams. I, and I just managed to pass those exams and not have to be held back a year. But that was trying. I mean, like that that oh, there were points during that summer that I was ready to throw in the towel. Really? Yeah. Um, and all that took to stop that feeling was to go home and just recharge or go and do some hands-on stuff at events because just refreshing that feeling. Yeah. And did you not have anything that else in your mind of what you could do? If it wasn't going to be veterinary, I was going to do the job that could make me the most money the quickest. Right. Okay. And I'm, I'm not money driven at all. No. I'm, I, I do my job for the love of it. And I think every vet does that. It does that. It's, not, it's not a job where you get paid well. It, it's not at all. That's a common misconception. Really? You do it for the love and you just do it because it's what you want to do. Um, so for me, if, it, if I couldn't be happy in my career, and I think I wouldn't have been if it, if it hadn't been veterinary, then I would have just done what could sort of fill that gap, make better money. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go live on an island somewhere. So really, <laughs> so really, essentially, it was like this is this is my passion, and, that was it. and you did it. Um, so you moved into a new job. You said so. You went from a twenty-four hour hospital to where you are now. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, and what is that? Is that so? It's a it's a well. It was a privately owned. It's now a, it's now a um, just a little uh, group of three branches uh, called the Neighbourhood Vet. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is, it's modern veterinary at its finest for me. It's very progressive, it's very colloquial, it's very accessible. Our team is very friendly and outgoing and young and it's just this very bright, vibrant vet. And as I said to you earlier, my vet at home is the stark contrast to that. Yeah. And this is something that I suppose sparked my interest in trying to move the veterinary profession forward whether that be through social media or not. But because I'd always seen that slightly archaic and slightly stuck in the 80s or wherever sort of era veterinary mm. world, I wanted to work somewhere that was really progressive and really sort of modern. And that's where I ended up. And you, did you help set that up? Or? No, it was already set up by two amazing ladies who are still my bosses. And they're, they're two Australian ladies who are the most chilled bosses in the world. And um, I'm very lucky to have them because they have sort of let me just do what I want, which is, <laughs> which yeah. is quite nice. And one of those things is you've moved, like you said, with the social media. And I know we joked at the top of the show about Rory Cowlam and, uh, and Rory the Vet. Yeah. But that is kind of your brand now. You are Rory the Vet. And for anyone on Instagram or, or Twitter, yep. you are Rory the Vet. Um, did, did that kind of happen organically? Did you see that for, for veterinary stuff, it was, right, we need to kind of bring this out and we need to be on social media? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's something that has really happened over the last two, three years. And, and there is sort of the era of the Instagram vet. Through university, I sort of 
talk to mates and, and they'd very much taken the mick out of me for it. But I said, someone needs to bring veterinary into the modern day. And what easier way to do that than Instagram? Everyone's on Instagram, right? So you've got cute animals. You've got interesting stuff going on that people genuinely are interested in. Mm. I mean, any even non-animal lovers sort of are interested in what we're doing in the medical side of it. So it's got a bit for everyone. And I think it's a really, really amazing profession. I love sharing that with people. And yourself, you said you're not really that animal, animal-y person. But yeah. you know, I love sharing that sort of side of my, of my life. Yeah, I, l- I love the the side of it that I don't know and I don't think about. I I like animals. I'm not a massive animal person in terms of I've got a you know loads of pets around me. Um and I love animals. I do love animals. I think it's we I, I do think it's a bit odd if people don't like animals unless they're a little bit afraid of them. I think mm, you've probably got something a little bit wrong with you if you're not really keen on animals too much because how can you not? Uh, but I I more prefer the side where I'm like I've never it's it's blind to me it's blind Absolutely. because I've never been to a vet I don't know what the process is I have no idea how you could do an operation on a cat yeah. on on cunt flaps <laughs> <laughs> I I have no, I don't know how to operate on that <laughs> the cat the cat yeah the cat. yeah well um, so. Yeah, I I think it is interesting. And of course it's interesting because you've got a massive following now, however many thousand followers. And then you, so you did the social media and then is that where you got spotted by TV? Yeah, so I, actually I was, I was lucky enough that the, the, the TV company, so there was a True North, they, they were producing this new show for CBBC and, and they put an appeal out to vets through the Veterinary Times and yes, that is as boring a publication as you think it is. Wow. Yeah. Have you um, ever done like a guest? I've, I've done a blog for them, yeah. Have you? Yeah, I'm, I'm joking. Actually, the Bentley Times guys are lovely, okay. but it's very niche. Well, I was going to say, you must run out of things. <laughs> yeah, they're lovely, but you know, it's, it's pretty samey. Um, so yeah, they put a big appeal out. And I, I, I remember seeing it and going, oh, that'd be fun. And then sort of ignoring it and mm. just carry on with my job. And I got a text from my, my mate Roshni, and she said, you're going to kill me for what I've just done. And I went, oh, God, what did you do? She'd, she'd called them and, and given them my details and said, my mate Rory would love to do this. He's made the TV. Da, da, da. So they called me literally later that day. He said, can you send us a little video of something you're just going to film on your phone around the clinic? So me and my friend Emma, we did this ridiculous, overly cheesy, horrendous little promo video of our practice and they loved it. Well, um, it's CBBC. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you've got the was, tone right. It was very on brand. Um, so yeah, that, that's sort of how it happened and, and it went from there. So I've got Roxanne to thank. And you've done Lorraine. You went on Lorraine as... You... Gorgeous Lorraine. Lorraine Kelly. Oh, She's coming on as a guest. Oh my goodness, I can't wait to yeah. hear that. The Queen. The Queen. The Queen. Uh, in yes. good company. Oh, well, I'm honoured. She's away in Botswana at the oh, minute, she's... but uh, when she's back... <laughs> well, you've got loads to talk about. She's gone on this big safari, and uh, yeah, she's I it's all over her Instagram. But enough about Lorraine. Well, I wanted to talk about Lorraine, the show. Absolutely. You've been on, you, you give tips on... I think the last time I saw you, you were giving tips, and we are entering summer times now, mm. at the moment of recording. Who knows when people are listening yes. to this, but... You were talking about how to keep your dogs cool. Uh, cool. Yeah. And actually, I was thinking that this morning as I was walking here, I saw this Chinese chow, which, for those that don't know, is a very, very fluffy big dog. 
Um, and I was, it was panting away. It was getting very, very hot. It's about 15, 16 degrees out today, so it's a bit warm. But yes, I mean, yeah, essentially coming on the rain, doing consumer-friendly advice for those with dogs and cats, and obviously met the gorgeous Angus. Uh, yeah, of course. Puppy, and we've done a few bits with him. Uh, the, 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 my personal highlight was trying to give uh, Angus a massage on television. Okay. Which I wouldn't advise for those trying to, to, to do live telly. It's, it's quite tricky. <laughs> Would you... I think the good thing about that is you're still working as a vet... Would you, if it got to a point where all the TV stuff went, what would you be in a bit of a, a dilemma there? A bit of a because you obviously don't want to give that up, but would you just cut down or? Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a tricky one. I mean, I've always said first and foremost I'm a vet, and, mm. and that's as, as we've very much talked about. It, it's been my life for the last twenty five. And you years. never lose it, do you? No, exactly. So the beauty of it is, if I did have to take some time out, which I wouldn't want to, but if I did, I could come back to it in a few years. Yeah, of course. The thing about TV it's very fleeting it's a very we know this it's a very fleeting industry so I think I've got to give it a go while I can um, and I have actually dropped my clinical work to three days a week right. so I'm now spending two days a week fully going with the media stuff which yeah. is which I love and honestly I, I I'm so lucky and sometimes I'm sitting on a train going up to Media City in Salford and I'm just, go, I'm just smiling to myself going how have I wangled this I have no idea. Yeah, I do. Do you know what? And sometimes it is it is a bit uncool to be like, oh, oh, I'm excited. But even coming, you know, we're we're recording this at Television Centre and the building itself, going into the studio, seeing like it is a it is a weird thing. And and even I don't want to bring her up again, but Lorraine Kelly, <laughs> where you you're there with Lorraine Kelly, who you watched as a child, you do get a bit like, oh, yeah, this is. Yeah, I am. I totally understand that, and it is a a, a weird industry, but a, an exciting one. And actually, you must have the same kind of um, what's the word? You, you you must kind of feel like you're doing still good things vet wise because you're letting more and more people know about things. Like for example, that thing about keeping your dogs cool that probably reached way more people than you could because you have a bit of a profile and so it's arguable that you're kind of being more effective in, in, in as a, a kind of vet spokesperson I didn't really say that very well <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, I know what you mean. And, and you're right so th- this is the thing I mean right at the start when I started this out and we, we sort of touched on this but when I started Rory the Vet mm. and, and that brand the idea behind it was education that was it. Yeah. It wasn't about getting thousands of followers and posting cute puppies' photos. And it was about educating people, and it was about bringing sensible and sort of correct advice to people in a trustworthy platform. Because anyone that owns a dog, anyone out there that is listening to this that owns a dog, will know that if they take your dog, if you take your dog to the park and there's people there, they will give you their. 10 best pieces of advice about dogs and I guarantee you that 90% of them are absolutely wrong really and uh, people come to me and they go oh well you know I've been feeding my dog loads more because someone in the park told me they were too skinny I went no absolutely not your dog was perfect and now they're obese and uh, that is the most classic one and it's weird because you wouldn't be in a park yourself and go you shouldn't really be doing that. Like you wouldn't start giving them advice of that. Or and and on the flip side, you wouldn't start taking advice from a random person approaching you in the park. Absolutely. Just because I've got a dog doesn't mean qualified. 
I might like start getting a dog and start telling people to do things. Well, Follow me on Twitter. Honestly, people will do that. People will listen to you. He told me to. He had a dog. It's you trustworthy. Could, you could start. I mean, maybe we could start like a nail painting trend or something like that. Exactly. And uh, all my clients will start bringing their dog because, well, this guy in the park, he did, he did say that they, they prefer their dogs being exactly, painted. Exactly, yeah, they do. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's Just about... Just anyone listening, do not paint your dog's nails. <laughs> Or at least use something that's not toxic to the dog. Um, so yes, it, it's it's about it's about being a trustworthy port of call for people, and, and and that's as you say. Hopefully, I'm reaching new people. When you are in a park, for example, or out and about, and the only way I can describe this is, I trained as an actor, so I sometimes go and watch plays or films and it's annoying because I'm like, mm, I like their choices, I like what they did there. As a vet, do you look at animals and be like, hmm, there's something I sense wrong? Like, do you have a sense? All the time. I bet. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's horrible. It, I mean, yeah, it is all, a bit of a curse, isn't it? Well, because it, it, obviously there's a lot of dogs out there that I want to say hello to, but I find myself, I'll like have them bouncing all over me and I'll just suddenly end up feeling, I don't know, like a luxating patella or something like that. And then I'm torn in this weird situation where I go... Do I tell the owner and be that awful person in the park that's told the owner what's wrong? Well, not that awful when you are a trained vet. Yeah, but then there's a, you've got to explain it to oh, them. Yeah. And, and then they might go, well, who are you? And are you lying to me? <laughs> and Rory the vet. <laughs> not have Instagram. <laughs> so it, it, it's this really weird, awkward situation. So quite often I just try and bring over a glaze of just puppy lover rather than vet. Totally, because otherwise you would, your time would be taken up. Oh, goodness. Left right centre. I can watch them walking down the road and I go, yeah, well, that's uh, two-tenths lane on its left wall. That's not... No one needs to know that. No. Rory, I always ask at the end of each of these, your mantra for life. Do you have one? I do, and it's quite a modern one. And you may have seen it in, in things like memes, but it so rings true okay. for me. And I wake up every morning, I've got it, actually got it written down. It's really quite have sad. You? Where? Um, on my bedside table. Um, I've got it written in calligraphy. <laughs> you could say on my backside. <laughs> but it touches across my backside. I get up in the morning, look in the mirror, and it says, yeah. be the person your dog thinks you are. Oh, very on brand. Very on brand. I haven't seen that. If you not, well, that there we go. I'm, I'm glad. That is a great one. If you think about it, you to your dog, and you're not a dog owner, but you'll, you'll know. No, this. no, I would like to get a dog when I'm older, though. You to your dog are their life, their soul. Yes. You are everything to them. You are the best person in the world. And if you can even be two percent of who your dog thinks you are. You are going to be a better person. That is that is great. That that needs to be a meme. There we go. You can start it. Be the person your dog thinks you are. Absolutely. Not cunt flaps. Your dog. <laughs> we had to mention it one more time. <laughs> Rory, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Rory the vet.